<laughs> Don't stop. Keep on going. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Hey, welcome. Oh, you know what I totally forgot to do? I got to change this audio thing real fast. Hang on. We'll be right back. All right. Sorry about that. Out there in radio land, but actually... You time warp to get here, so mm-hmm. doesn't really matter much, does it? Um, let's open up these cigars. Oh, it took a lot of discipline to get down here today to the old podcasting studio. We were supposed to record last night, but AKA we were not. Yeah, but we were not feeling it. AKA feeling Game of Thrones for the second time in a row. Dude, Game of Thrones is like the worst thing that will ever happen to this podcast because I just like want to watch it at night and it like never ends. Like there's so many episodes. So Cammie and I have seen all of them and then for some reason I do not understand how this works, but I just got it in my head. It would be a good idea to like start over and watch all of them again. (laughs) Yeah, because Ben has a hard time sitting through most TV shows. Uh, We'll watch, like, the first episode, and he's like, I'm over it. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm hooked, and I want to keep on watching it. But for some reason, with Game of Thrones, not only did he watch it all the way through, but now he wants to watch it again. But, anyways, here we are. (laughs) You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. I'm Cammie. And, and I'm lighting my cigar. This is Ben over here, across from me. And we thought it'd be a good idea to start a podcast. Not really sure why. That's my spittoon. We need a spittoon uh, sound effect. Because I'm actually spitting into a spittoon here. But it, you don't get to hear it. But I need one of those, like, ting! Like one of those things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're in a little Christmassy mood. And I understand because of the um, time lag. You guys Christmas lis- is so over. You guys listening to <laughs> it's this. It's probably 2019 are, uh, over it. But that's just the, the nature of recording and publishing on a bit of a delay here. Um, but guess where we just came from? We just came. You'll never guess. We just came from a Jennifer, Jennifer Knapp concert. Some of you are like, who? Who? And then there's some are like a few fractions. Oh my gosh, Jennifer Knapp. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta do an audio of that face because people on the video. What? Um, so I listened to her in high school. Yeah, me too. So, um, for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, the CCM, um, I Christian contemporary Christian music industry. What does contemporary mean? Does that mean like like now? Oh, I always thought it meant lame. 
I mean, well, not really, but like it's like synonymous. <laughs> um, so in high school or early college, Jennifer Knapp on the Christian music scene was the, the shiz. For <laughs> sure. Um, and well, I guess if we're gonna say the Christian music scene, we should say was the crud. <laughs> was the fart uh, wait no that doesn't work <laughs> um and she came out with three albums and i the best way to explain it my buddy jeff told me he went to biola university which was a christian university in southern california he said that every boy there wanted a boner like i don't know if that's that, really funny i mean and she was like this cute single uh like i mean Christian. Her, her music her voice is so cool yeah like it it's cool. like a bit like raspy like she doesn't give a and fuck and deep and deep but not mm. too, not like it was so good yeah so uh, anyways um i mean okay so i guess we're gonna tell the full story here know, which sounds like we're heading that way so Everything's hunky dory. She's on the top of the fucking charts. And I was gonna like Google this. I should. Here, you talk to our friends here while I check this out. Jen. I just remember for some reason I just remember one of her albums, Lay It Down, I think. Is that is it that one or is it the I don't know. Most of you probably don't care. But uh I remember her face on the album. And I rem- for some reason, that memory is synonymous with my dorm room, which I only had a dorm room for four months of my life. But I think it was around that time that I was we listened to her in in my roommates and mine's door dorm room. Um, it was either un- was it? It must be undo me. No one cares, Kimmy. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you care, but but I just saw that. I was it, like, could, no, it could be time to move on from that point. Um, but it's a good memory. Okay, so this is from Wikipedia. Um, her first album, Kansas, sold over five hundred thousand copies, becoming gold certified by something. Uh, began touring America. Appeared in festivals, large venues. Um, during her two thousand career. Uh, she won Dove Awards in 1999 for New Artist of the Year and Rock Song of the Year. Is this all Christian? She got a gr- awards. Okay, all, I, I think like all of that is. But then she secular. got a Grammy Award nomination in 2001. Oh, yeah. Um, so she's like, you know, she was at the top of all the Christian music charts, and then. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like there's a sound effect for that. Will this work? Nope. That's our phone one. No. She came out as being a lesbian. Yeah. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll right there. And I mean, she's done. I thought, yeah. That's like a death sentence. Yeah. And actually, Christian. I boycotted. Well, I didn't boycott her. I didn't. I didn't have anything to boycott. But I remember thinking in my heart, Yeah. Oh, she's on the out. I can't listen to her anymore because we're still on the in at this point. Yeah. Um. I mean, no, I didn't boycott her, but no. I probably would have if I was buying her stuff. 
But I had her albums. I still like her. Mm-hmm. I still liked her at that time. And we listened, but she was out. I mean, out in every way. Well, yeah. <laughs> she was out of the closet. She was out of the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So Sorry, boys. She wasn't into <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, so then... <laughs> Uh, she wouldn't have been into you. Every college boy from Biola was shattered that day. Um, but then this week, or last week, I was listening to this podcast uh, called Exvangelical, and there was an interview with her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to check this out. And our views have been changing. Like, we don't, we don't, we're not as confident as we were about the homosexuality thing. And, and at one point we were like super confident and being like, you know, this is, this is bad news in every which way. And that was just like what, you know, how we were raised thinking and believing and everyone thought that. And it was like, it was no big deal to even think that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but this isn't about that. The point is not that. So I listened to this podcast. I really liked it. I really like her. Um, and then I like look her up and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's playing fucking what? Like a mile. Less than a mile from our house. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah. It was like a week away. 25 bucks a ticket, which is a little steep if you ask me. Um, but totally worth it. it. It was a fun night. A little steep for an hour and 20 minutes. Ben was like, they're done? Yeah, it was, it was, it was weak. <laughs> like it was Christmas songs, which. Okay, here's the thing. If I'm going to listen to Christmas songs and it's not the Muppets, this is the best way. Yeah. I don't want to listen to Christmas music really much ever. Unless it's, well, George Winston December, which isn't even Christmas music. <laughs> it's seasonal music. It's winter instrumental music. Yeah. But I'm not interested in Christmas music really at all. But her okay. her voice, I was actually like, oh. I was able to forget that it was Christmas music. They made it really fun. It was fun. It was her and her friend, and they were both really good um, and really entertaining. At one point, she pulled out a tuba? Trombone. Trombone. Okay. But that was not as interesting as the kazoo. And then she pulled out (laughs) a kazoo. She's good. Oh, you know what I have here? Listen, you guys want to hear one of her songs? I recorded a little bit. Sorry for the crappy audio recording on my iPhone. It is beautiful. And we were in the front row. Like yeah. 15 feet, 10 feet from her. Yep. So I hope that gives you a little bit of a taste. So mm-hmm. we're in this... um upstairs of this old church uh, where we go right next to where we go to date night every Thursday and there's probably 40 people in this room listening to this and like I said Cammie and I are in the front row which isn't saying much because there was only 40 people there mm-hmm. and everyone paid 25 bucks which mm-hmm. means that they only made a thousand dollars and my guess is the venue takes half and that leaves half for the artist 500 bucks 
Mm-hmm. But there was two artists. Two, yeah. And the the tour was called Hymns of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it was her and somebody named Margaret Becker, who I have no idea. She was talented as hell, but I had never heard of her before that. She was older. She looked like she could be your mom. That's what I kept on thinking because she's wearing this denim jacket. She was younger than my mom. Well, but she, but she had but, that like mom yeah. look. Yeah, yeah. Like she had her makeup done just right. And I was like, and Jennifer Knapp was like the the college girl next door. Yeah. And mom. <laughs> and so, but my, my entire point in saying this is, she did all that tonight. She drove here and played yeah. it for 250 bucks. Right. Max. Yeah. I mean, where else were they going? They must have, like... Well, they probably have another one tomorrow in Chicago or something. But, okay. But all of that from being, like, the number one artist in an entire scene, a big scene, uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. And this is not like, so I was thinking about this because there's, there's bands that are like has-beens, right? I mean, like, I can't, I can't think of any examples, but people that were selling out stadiums and they just don't quit and now they're playing like bars and they should just stop. Mm -hmm. I don't think this was that. No. Because we've gone and seen like old Christian music artists that are still in the scene and they can easily attract two, 300 people just for nostalgic purposes. Mm-hmm. In fact, I saw MXPX in that same place and there was probably 200 people there mm-hmm. um, because they're not gay. I think that, I mean, that's, that's my, mm. I think when I was looking at the Facebook, who was showing up, like it's, it's like crickets, like, cause no one know. wants, I mean, when I say no one, I mean, quote unquote Christians, they don't want to be seen going to that. I don't think it's just what it looks like. I think, I think people have boycotted her like emotionally. Mm. Hmm. Um. So it was, but just as far as a night goes, it was very wonderful. Um, yeah. I I actually almost cried. Like I kind of cried, like in one little part. Hmm. Which part? You want to guess? Um. It wasn't the Amazon song. <laughs> that was funny though. Um, Oh Holy Night? No. Mm. You would guess this if you thought hard enough. Oh, her grandpa song. Yes. Oh, yeah, that was a sweet song. She wrote a song about her grandpa, and that stuff, man, that stuff gets to me. Gets you. Yeah. Hmm. I'm a sucker. Maybe I should try to write a grandpa song. Dude, I'd probably <laughs> try. <laughs> um, oh. And... I, it was just so there was just this moment where I'm looking at this lady and she had looks like she had gained a few pounds. I feel I felt a little bad and shallow observing that. And then mm-hmm. you said it, but you wouldn't really say it that you're saying. I, it, but I can tell you were saying it. And well, you just forget like time goes on and people change. I mean, that was I'm picturing her 20 years ago. And really, I'm just picturing her head from the album, the cover. album cover. Yeah, she was her head looked skinny, though. Yeah, and yeah, I've gained pounds since that day. But I, too. I, I joked and I said, and she looks great considering how many kids she's had. Yeah. Except she hasn't had any kids. But, you know, that's not a slam. That's just, that's reality. That's reality. I mean, she's 44. I found out she's has my same birthday. That's pretty fun. That's special. That's special. Um. Okay. We're going to be switching gears a little bit mm-hmm. because the second thing 
I was going to talk about was Eugene Peterson. Now, for those of you who don't know who Eugene Peterson is, Eugene Peterson in the Christian evangelical community was a modern day saint. Okay. I just found this on some Facebook video that happened to come out today. And it said, Eugene Peterson is an American born pastor, professor, author, and poet. He has written over 35 books, including The Message, The Bible in Contemporary Language, which has sold over 16 million copies. So this guy, and he died, I think, this last month, maybe, certainly this last year. I'm he not sure when exactly. He wrote 35 books? Yeah, I didn't know that. Whoa. But The Message is like the the book that in the last 15 or 20 years has taken over the Christian world as actually a modern-day translation for the Bible or transliteration, and people get their panties all up in a wad about whether it's acceptable or not. But obviously 16 million people are okay with it enough to pay money for it. So mm-hmm. this guy is like, a lot of people are talking about him now because he's died recently. And I saw this video and I saw this other article in the same week. And this article is so weird. This guy is so strange because I kind of like him, but he keeps on changing his name on Medium. <laughs> Now he's Jonathan. He was like Jesus something naked. But anyways, <laughs> the title of the article is called Eugene, Eugene Peterson wasn't anti-gay and evangelical said destroy him. Okay. <laughs> so this article, it's a little um, five-minute read. And we don't fact check this stuff, by the way. I'm just assuming these people aren't lying. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. But evidently... Sometime in his life, I think a while back, Peterson said in an interview, and I'm reading this now, I haven't had a lot of experience with it. I think he's referring to homosexuality. But I have been in churches when I was an associate pastor where there were several women who were lesbians. They didn't make a big deal about it. I'd go and visit them, and it never came up for them. They just assumed that they were as Christian as everybody else in the church. And there's more. It's kind of a longer thing, but... The last paragraph says, I wouldn't have said this 20 years ago, but now I know a lot of people who are gay and lesbian, and they seem to have as good a spiritual life as I do. I think that kind of debate about lesbians and gays might be over. People who disapprove of it, they'll probably just go to another church. And then, this is not a quotation. It is from the article, but he didn't say this. Asked if he'd perform a same-sex marriage, he said yes. So he's not even saying that he is for it. He's not saying he's excited about it. He's just not coming down hard against it. And this was the reaction. I guess it's the same day. Okay, so this is, once again, in quotes. I'm not sure who's being quoted here. As Christians on both sides of the LGBT debate acknowledge Peterson as one of the most high-profile evangelicals to publicly change his stance on sexuality, Lifeway Christian Store stated that if the popular author indeed support same-sex marriage, its stores can no longer sell his books. Lifeway, and this is a quote now from Lifeway, Lifeway only carries resources in our stores by authors who hold to the biblical view of marriage, stated spokesperson for the affiliate of the Southern Baptist Convention. We are attempting to confirm with Eugene Peterson or his representatives that his recent interview on same-sex marriage accurately reflects his views. If he confirms he does not hold to a biblical view of marriage, Lifeway will no longer sell any resource by him, including the message. Geez, we need some. Do I not have like a like some huge like sound effect here that we could play? Because this should be like the ultimate like mm-hmm. 
Like, dun dun dun. Mm -hmm. Will this work? No, there's nothing really. We'll just do this. Now, not because I actually want to not talk about the biblical viewpoints of being gay or not. I just, I don't want to get into that. What I want to talk about is actually like the title of this article. So here's this guy mm -hmm. that's foundational to this community. I mean, he's poured his life into it. 35 books, 16 million people have bought him, which means that they support what he's doing or what he's saying or his contribution or whatever the heck. Then he comes out with one belief. Mm -hmm. Now, you could pick this. Like I said, I don't want to make it about gay. You can say he stops believing in hell. He starts believing in unicorns. Uh, I, I don't know. And all of a sudden, that community is ready to cut bait and move on. And you're, they're like, you're not one of us. We are done Get out of here. with you. Yeah. And this is the author. So I wasn't going to read this, but I think it's totally appropriate. The last line of this article says they were willing to sideline Peterson's Bible translation, an important tool for evangelizing, as if to say their gender wars are more important even than the Great Commission. And then he's this guy makes a contrary. It is not Jesus these people serve. Hmm which I think is a pretty bold statement. But actually, I completely agree with it based upon these actions. Yep. Even if they love Jesus, there's something else going on here. There's some sort of culture war. When you're willing to kick a guy out for one belief. Mm -hmm. um, so. It's like, heaven forbid, no pun intended, that anyone else would ever state they're changing beliefs on anything. So then, this is what makes me actually really sad. The next day, Peterson came out with a statement that this article says, read like a monologue on a terrorist video. And he says, to clarify, I'm going to read it like I would a, ter a terrorist video. To clarify, I affirm a <laughs> biblical view of marriage. One man to one woman. I affirm a biblical view of everything. everything. That's his like. So he comes out and he says this. He's like, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's like almost like kind of silly. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, sweet, cool. Oh, You're we're fine. we're good here. Okay, move on. Let's <laughs> next person to. <laughs> For our Pachecks. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I think just what what I'm feeling right now in light of this Jennifer Knapp concert and my own experience and in light of Eugene Peterson, like I said, I don't, the point, it, it's almost coincidental that both these people are talking about even homosexuality. But, but I don't think it is. It's probably not. You're right. Um, but it's not why I'm bringing it up. As much as to just bring up the fact that in this community, which I think is even a bad word to call it that. Club. It In this club. You can be out. You can dedicate your entire life to it. Selling millions of albums. Giving away albums. Because um, my guess is he didn't actually make that much money compared to another author that would sell 16 million. I mean, I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but like he was a pastor mm -hmm. and a, you know. It makes me wonder if Mother Teresa would have said this, if people would have said, Mother Teresa, you're out. But see, here's the thing with Mother Teresa. I think she was already out. 
Mm. You know, she wasn't cool. I, I don't think at the time. I mean, I don't think. I guess I don't. I don't fully know, but yeah, I don't know either. But I just get the feeling. Well, I, I guess I just used her as to make a point. Like it could be anyone. Like it doesn't. It could be Jesus himself. Yeah. I mean, if you know, they knew more about Jesus. So that actually brings up a good point because. Now, I want to play you guys a little clip that I did, in fact, hear on this Jennifer Knapp podcast interview mm-hmm. in which she's talking about, and she's going to drop the CCM label, so I want you to know what it means, Christian Contemporary Music. Mm-hmm. But she's talking about another artist by the name of Derek Webb, and I'm not familiar with him or much of his views so, at all, except that I know. Kate, is that Cayman's call? Yeah. Okay. But he's also on the out right now, and they're kind of buddies, so she's talking about him. A bit. Sorry, I need to reset my camera because the video only films for like 30 minutes and then it cuts off, which is bad for everyone. (laughs) This is from that interview. It's like most of what I had experienced and the people that I was around, there was a lot resting on, you know, your person and your spirituality and kind of conforming to what Christianity was marketable um, and what, what it could look like. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. I mean, it's kind of the nature of the beast. I mean, once you start to market something, even no matter how genuine you start, there's a branding issue, right? And then even if it starts as something genuine, um, there's still, eventually what you create is kind of an avatar. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. A, a script or kind of a shell and even, you know and I would say that to a certain extent like that's I think that partly you know backwards looking as a CCM artist I felt like an avatar for Christianity and not mm. necessarily like a person who was having that that experience and so when I talk to guys like Derek I think one of the things that that the artists that I deeply respect and why I call them artists is because They've had their life experiences and they're trying to create music in and around that. So rather than writing for a marketplace, yeah, uh, uh, they're writing genuinely about their experiences. And so, okay, so basically, what she's saying is that there is this marketplace, and it's a marketing issue, and there's a branding component where even the religion itself becomes kind of a brand, and if you don't fit that. Like, you don't fit that, period. And, you know, I think I don't want to blame Lifeway because they're serving a marketplace. It's not necessarily all their fault, like the Christian bookstores or whoever it is. But this creates a really weird phenomenon, and I've experienced this. When I heard this, I had you listen to that part of the podcast, and I was like, I feel like this is what we struggle with all the time. And there's two big ways I've seen it. The first is a lot of our earlier vlogs, they focus on like this family kind of religious thing. And I didn't really want to attract the conservative Christian homeschool moms to generalize, even though we love you out there, ladies. Hey, I am a homeschool mom, so. (laughs) Like I actually wanted to reach like people of like, like not one religion or not one sexual orientation. You wanted like divert, we wanted like diversity. Or all people to feel welcome and... Or people to find us interesting of all different types. Yeah. But, but it didn't work. Yeah. I mean, it did, but like a lot of the people, the majority of the people seem to be fit this kind of one mold. 
Which maybe even reflected where we were at. The time. I think so. But one of the difficult things that we've run into is we've started to change and be more honest. And certain things we did, whether it's talking about sex or cussing or watching Game of Thrones or not liking something that that one dude said. What was his name? John Piper. Yes. Um, views on porn, whatever. We've noticed people saying, oh, I thought you were this pro family religious thing and you're not and if you're not i'm not interested in you Mm -hmm. and and we really felt that we had a choice and this is what i'm saying this is a shitty choice to either keep an audience and to grow which makes you feel good about yourself or you feels like you're important or you're like Doing something. i mean that's a negative way of putting it or maybe that's not negative but that's one way to look at it but there's another way which is just that I, w- I don't want people to leave. I want to still talk to them and and help them in some ways or at least entertain them or inspire them or whatever it would be. Yeah. And I, I know that if I just, like, cut out the swearing and, okay, maybe if we just didn't talk about certain things, mm-hmm. we'd keep people longer or more. That's yeah. how it feels. And then the second aspect more recently is we go on the Appalachian Trail. And in the Appalachian Trail – our audience like triples in the course of less than six months. So we've busted our asses for uh, three years doing the same thing. I mean, we're just making videos here. And then we go in six months and now just because people are seeing us as hikers, now they're interested in us. But the problem is when we get back from hiking, we, we lost a lot of people. Because we're not that interested in hiking actually. <laughs> I mean, we don't even- We're cons- like, wait a minute, I thought this was a hiking channel we don't even consider ourselves hikers really mm-hmm. um we, it was just like one thing that we did so there's all these people that are like oh we want more like family hiking like hearing you talk about sex is boring and we're like well i care about sex way more than i care about hiking <laughs> and like it's actually the most real thing that we care about in our life so she's talking about in this interview she's talking about Derek webb and how as an artist, instead of creating content for an audience, he's creating what feels most authentic to his life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what we've done mm-hmm. or tried to do at least. Trying. Yeah. And I feel like there's a few. And, and what she says later on in the interview, I'll, I'll post all the links to all the stuff below, by the way. Um, she says that that's going to give you a smaller crowd. Mm. Um, guaranteed. Yep. And I think that keeps on happening to us. We keep on shooting ourselves in the foot from a marketing perspective by not sticking with something and just being yeah. the go-to for family, you know, just being positive family values channel or positive homeschooling channel or positive sex channel or positive hiking channel, something positive. <laughs> but what if you have a shitty day and then you talk about it? We could do a cigar channel. <laughs> Um, That's funny. So I could really relate to that, actually. And yeah, it's, it's helpful to see a lot of why that's happening to us because I've gotten discouraged by numbers. Um, and there's a, definitely a part of me that like wants to see our numbers grow, not shrink. But... At the end of the day, I don't think that's really what I believe in. Um, 
at least that that's the most important thing. At least, yeah, it's not, at the end of the day, it's not the most important thing to me. Because it's it's number every number is a person. Yeah, and it, and each person is important. Each person is a snowflake. It's, <laughs> um, but who we are going to be able to at the end of the day really talk to or help out what's the point if we're constantly like playing a game that's mm-hmm. fake then i don't even think we're actually really helping anyone anyways yeah and and one of the things she said on this podcast is that that seriously impacts the longevity of someone's career because there's a shelf life to how long you can fake anything yeah and it and it just kills yourself. You know, that's what we've experienced. And mm-hmm. it's just not worth it for us anymore. So I'd rather have 100 people that really legitimately, I don't want to say care about us because I don't I don't assume our audience knows us necessarily. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe some of you guys care about us. And if you do, that feels nice. But um, I'm assuming, you don't need to. You can just, if our product is helpful to them, that's enough for me. Um but I want it to be a real thing. Mm-hmm. And if if it doesn't help and they move on, I think like we've had to be okay with that and just understand, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Try not to take it personally, I guess. And Yeah. But I'd rather have 100 people that are actually legitimately helped for who they're, they really are and we're being who we really are than 1,000 people helped by a pretend us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where did my thing go? You gonna crick at me? Yes. No. Dang it, that always happens. <laughs> what am I? Did I, just I agree. Blow you away? I agree. Okay. Well, is there anything else to say about that? So I I think it's sad that um. Well, I don't know what you're gonna say. We're we gonna talk about Jennifer Knapp. Sure. Well. I was just blown away by how talented these ladies were and how there was only 40 people in that room. And it kind of was teaching me something like, I mean, you could have like, you have like a Taylor Swift concert that has like millions of people. And I'm not saying she's not talented, but talent isn't the only thing. Like, it's just, it's interesting, like. For, for numbers or for fame or for, you know, there's so many different factors um, that brings that. And, you know, she tasted a bit of fame, you know, early on in her life. And at some, at some point she must have just made peace with like, this is who I am and I don't need the fame. Yeah. And actually... Um, in our own little world here, one of the areas I've changed recently is what someone believed used to be the most important thing to me. So, like, the the most important was if you believed Jesus was the Son of God and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not even saying blah, blah, blah because that's a false thing. I'm just saying there's a lot more, etc., then I'd be like, okay, you and I were the same. Yeah. And then, but it, but it got more 
minute than that. It was like, okay, what do you believe about men's and women's roles and gay marriage and, Mm -hmm. you know, what define the church and all these things. And if people answered on paper that they believe these things, I was, I identified more with them being in the club than anyone else who believed anything different. And we woke up to a really rough surprise over the last three years, which was things that we thought we believed the same on in the end of the day we actually didn't even though we were saying the same even though people say like oh i believe jesus is love like you never really know like and there's actually beliefs that aren't said that are held just as strongly um you know like that the club is the most important thing Mm -hmm. and you know that why we why we choose these certain beliefs based on identity and pride and all these weird things, mixed motives that no one even knows about or talks about. So just recently I had this belief or this change in belief that, you know, I want to stop hanging out with people based upon what they say they believe. And I just want to hang out with people that are doing the same things we're doing. And that might sound like kind of weird, but I just thought about like, what if we took that same way that I was choosing to hang out with people to decide who we play tennis with? So I'm like okay, you want to play tennis with me? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I believe tennis is the most important sport and it's better than football. Do you believe that? Because if you don't believe that, I can't play with you. No, that sounds like stupid when it comes to tennis. When it's Mm -hmm. tennis, I say, hey, are we about the same level? Great. Are you free Thursdays at seven to nine? And you're like, yeah. Then it's like, it's on. Let's play tennis. You know? And we're fine with that. Mm -hmm. For some reason, the way I was living life, I feel like we had, like, asked these questions, like, what do you believe? Okay, so therefore you're not dangerous to me or the kids. And I don't really care what you're doing, but if you believe these things, uh, let's hang out. And now I'm just I'm just wanting to hang out with people that are doing the same things we're doing. Hey, are you writing a book? Are you recording a podcast? Are you living your life in a crazy way where you're, like, wanting to learn and challenge yourself and love your kids unconditionally? Great. Let's hang out. I actually don't care what you believe anymore or what you say you believe or think you believe because – uh, and, and we've been gone through a lot of just changes of like understanding the history of written belief and and kind of the overemphasis that our faith tradition has placed on that type of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of a backstory here, but that's that's where I'm at. So really, what you're saying is actions speak louder than words. I guess so. Yep. I guess so. Okay, it's time to transition here. What are we transitioning to? I forget. Oh, yeah. I need my news thing. Where's that? That is right here. Cammie just announced that she wants to use birth control. What? I mean, what? What? I mean, what? I just what? said you can't keep on saying that. I did. I did not. What'd you say? I kind of tried to make that sound a little more exciting, but. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> um, I just said I would be okay if we were done having kids, which is a big deal for me because I've put a lot of my identity in to keep having children. Wait, doesn't that mean using birth control then? No, I'm not that hardcore about it. I'm fine having another kid. I'm just not like... Oh. Whoa. What? Whatever I said to you, I think you interpreted it differently. 
Oh. I did say like so if I really cared, I would. Be, I would. <laughs> I'm glad we're having this podcast so we can. I uh, would clarify. Practice abstinence because that's the only 100 <laughs> percent effective birth control. Um, no, I just started having different thoughts and feelings. I mean, I'm getting older. Rainier is in a really difficult stage right now for me. And I am I have a 17-year-old, and I'm like, I think I would be at peace and fine with being done having kids. But then there's still a part of me that would like another one. So would you it's use mixed. birth control now? No, no. Oh. No, no. Where did you get that? You said I could be okay done having kids. Every person on the planet that's listening to this podcast yeah. would therefore assume that means no. we should start using birth control. No, no, no. I don't, because it's mixed feelings for me. It's oh. not. It's not like a. I'm done having kids. Tie my tubes. You know, I. I'm not talking about tying tubes. No, I know, but about, like, tie your tubes. In. Something responsible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I don't feel that strongly about it because I and I have mixed thoughts. Like you keep on saying that strongly, like using birth control is this giant thing. No, I I just have mixed feelings about which I've never had mixed feeling that that much mixed. Okay, feelings. so so let me just ask you then. Forget about what you said. Would you be open to using birth control now? No. Not at all. No. What if I said I don't want any more? Oh, kids? oh well, then I think I would need to be open to it at least because so you're like it takes two (laughs) so you i wouldn't feel i would be sad if if you wanted to use birth control because why because i think having another kid if it's in the cards for us is a good thing i believe that and i feel like i have a couple years of like baby making power inside of me and then I feel like that would be, I would have to grieve that if that was the case. And even if we never have a kid, another kid, I'd have to grieve that too. As, as a sort of like a, it's kind of like when Dove like leaves home, I'm going to have to grieve that. I mean, each stage of life that right. closes and moves on. So I was going to make this the super interesting, like, <laughs> oh, we used to do a lot of non-birth control and now we do birth control uh but i guess we're not gonna do that actually i didn't i didn't really want to use birth control so yeah that's so funny that you got that from that conversation (laughs) i thought i was clearer than that but probably i guess not like that's really funny um yeah anyways well i I do want to just like hit on that because there is a lot there for us and a lot's changed in my viewpoint so quick summary we've used birth control in the past to responsibly space out our kids um now so we we got married and we didn't use it and we were young we were 20 and we got pregnant in like weeks and we had two right away and it was like i don't want to say it was on purpose like we didn't we weren't like let's have a lot of kids or a huge family or anything like that but all the reasons people told us to wait, none of it really made sense yeah. to us. People were like, oh, you're going to starve. And it still doesn't. It still doesn't. It doesn't. But I I think I, well, so then we kind of believed that, well, I don't know. And then our, and then our thoughts kind of morphed into more of like 
I think, more like legalism into birth control, at least for me. How so? Where I felt more strongly, because I did use birth control those first few years to space out the kids after the first few. And and then I started to believe, because we started to hang out around circles where it was like, when you have children, God is more happy with you. I mean, that's that's not what they said, but that's kind of the vibe I got. So then I started to like adopt this value that I'm only valuable if I'm pumping out kids, which I don't, I don't think I, I I'm not. And I'm putting that in a very grotesque way. Um, I just think there was that was the underlying belief. That yes, was. I think so. And so least, now I'm walking away from that. I'm walking away from that. And in walking away from that is probably where you felt like I wanted to use birth control. But I'm, I don't demonize birth control anymore. And I get it why people use it. And I actually think it's really damaging to think that your value comes from having kids or having a lot of kids. So very simply, I think people think that we might be against birth control. And I don't know if, I don't think I ever went through that what you're describing yeah maybe i'm like i'm a long-term investor so you know the whole thing where if you could have one marshmallow now or two in an hour i i would wait three years and have a whole truckload of marshmallows you totally would you'd be that (laughs) four-year-old that's like i'm fine and they like keep bringing you marshmallows I'm fine again, and then keep bringing you marshmallows. And I don't even like marshmallows. And they're, and they're like stuffing them in your mouth. But because... I always wait for long-term <laughs> gratification, which is why I don't mind running marathons or hiking 2,000 miles or whatever. It's not that I don't feel pain. It's just that I generally have observed it's worth it to endure yeah. the short-term for the long-term benefit. And with kids, I think most of the reason why people don't have them, if we were to have them, I would just have this – or if we were to use birth control – I would have this sinking feeling in my gut that we're doing it for short-term alleviation that in the long run, the benefit of children mm-hmm. in a lot of ways outweighs the benefit of whatever short-term freedom we think we're getting mm-hmm. from not having kids. That's just, that's yeah. my kind of my blanket viewpoint. And it's almost more of a, I don't want to say financial from a uh, money perspective, but it's almost like a more of an economic, like I said, just... That's the way I've seen the world work. Very simply, when you talk to old people, like 80-year-olds, they're not like, I wish I had fewer children. They realize that kids, their kids are the most valuable thing in their life, and they generally say they wish they would have not worried about money as much, work as much, their freedom or fun as much, and they would have invested in things that matter. And I haven't talked to really any old people that say they regret their kids. So... Mm-hmm. So for me, birth control is very simple. It's a tool to accomplish something. If you don't want kids, you use birth control. We've always wanted kids for the, for the reasons I just said. Mm-hmm. Not not because I'm like in love with, like I said, it's like kind of the marshmallow thing. I'm just like, you're going to regret it if you don't get as many marshmallows as yeah. possible. <laughs> but I, I have fallen in love with my kids more than I ever thought because I never viewed myself as a, mm-hmm. as a big family or, or baby person. Yeah. I've become that. Yeah. Through my kids, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, we've never really, like, delved into this conversation like this. And for me, I'm, I'm just, like, talking out loud. I don't know if it was as my personality or if it's because 
I'm a woman and in that culture like that we were a part of it was like more there wasn't much other value placed in other things with women it was like babies keeping a home you know that kind of thing so I don't know if it's and I don't know if I like attach more to rules than you do or I think you do. Get all legal, legalistic. I think you totally do. Yeah. We've seen that in a lot of areas. Yeah. So, because I find probably security in thinking, oh, this is the rule. Okay. I can follow that rule. But man, it's a son of a bitch if that rule becomes where you find your value in because there's no security there. No long-term security. So, that that's interesting. Yeah. I kind of thought that maybe this we could just devote a whole episode to birth control. Mm -hmm. But then I thought, well, we're talking about Jennifer Knapp because I got excited about that. And then I was like, well, we can't talk about Jennifer Knapp for an hour. So let's fit birth control in real quick. Um, But actually this brings us to the final thing. We are going to go to the phones, but uh, I went to the phones and guess what? You got but, my hopes up. But you I know, what? okay. Called. Here's the thing: I didn't want to give our audience crickets because I, deep down, I believe they're good people um, that don't deserve crickets, even though they act like it sometimes. And I was listening to this Savage Love podcast uh, with Dan Savage, and he reads comments sometimes, like that people make on Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, because we actually get a bunch of comments on the YouTube and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, we could read that because our audience, they like to give. They just like to give in their own way. Their love language is comments, not um, leaving a voice message on the anchor Maybe it's like intimidating because it's a step up from writing out something. Like you're talking and then we play it for everyone to hear. I don't know. Now you're making excuses for them and I think they're a bunch of fucking babies. But either way, we love them and... um, God loves them. Like and subscribe. <laughs> so, uh, dang it, we just got people. <laughs> we just gonna, lost. We lost. That was bad marketing. Twenty um, subscribers. So we did this interesting experiment where, because of this book we're writing, we're um, having to come up with a bio. Yeah. For the back cover or wherever it is, and and I heard this thing that it's really hard to write a bio about yourself it's like Ben is it an entrepreneur that's highly successful and leads his family super well in hiking really far and has been called a narcissist <laughs> by several people <laughs> uh, a lot of people um, if you include Reddit um, 20 so million people <laughs> I heard this tip you should have your friends write your bio for you because you know they know how to they're not afraid to say it it's not bragging if they say it so we went to the Instagram and the Facebook and asked, hey, could you guys say what you think about us? Mm-hmm. And we got one comment in particular that, that you and I both said was really interesting and really cool to read. So I wanted to read that comment here. And it's by someone named Heather. We're not going to say her last initial because it could I'll read it. give away her identity. Unless you wanted to. Go for it. Okay. She she writes, I think what I like most about your family life is that weird balance you find between just enjoying life and striving for discipline, self-development. On one hand, you guys are absolute gluttons for punishment, torturing the shit out of yourselves, 
but the next day you are smoking cigars in paradise and the kids are eating cupcakes. You manage to both love your children for exactly who they are in this moment while also helping them see what they are made of and capable of. And it's never contradictory. It just seems that you are very intuitive and able to constantly reevaluate what your family needs season by season or moment by moment. Growth, rest, rinse, repeat. In the same vein, you're at the same time on a perpetual quest for truth while also taking leaps and exploring the unknown without fear of being wrong, holding you back from that journey. This is in parentheses. And I admire it even when I think, no, you are wrong. <coughs> Cough. I think you should mention your devotion to togetherness. All right. Let's, let's end it there. Yeah. So. Yeah. I like when I read that, I was like, yeah, I feel that. But I could never articulate it like that. And so I really appreciated that Heather did that. I did too. And this is something that I highly value about us. That sounds weird to say that, but it gets frustrating because I don't think it can come across very easily or well. People love, like people are looking for who's in their camp. And they look for that based upon external things. Did you vote for Trump? Do you smoke? Do you cuss? Do you have kids? Or what do you believe about this issue? And I think a lot of people get really frustrated with us. This is what I feel because we don't fit in that box for them. Like, let's just take the hiker thing. Mm-hmm. Normal people that hike the Appalachian Trail, they really care about the Appalachian Trail and they devote money and time and energy and they get all into this scene mm-hmm. and they give back and they their life kind of becomes the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Um, or let's just take like the Christian culture that we were raised in. It comes with a whole series of beliefs, practices, words that you use and don't use, um, and things that you talk about and don't talk about. Yep. And I think that's a crock of bullshit because not that the culture is, but, you know, there's like what you believe Mm -hmm. and then there's what you do. And what you do says more about what you believe than what you say you believe says about what you believe <laughs> didn't she summarize it actions speak louder than words or some some yeah brilliant thing like that. actions speak louder than words so like in a way like you know the whole like faith thing i feel like a lot of the religious world we come from said that faith is the most important and that's why you got to do it this certain way and i feel like if that's all faith is like just adopting this new mini culture, mm-hmm. I'm not interested. <laughs> and I want a faith that's bigger than that. I want a God that is actually big enough to handle me saying the word fuck. <laughs> if God can't do that. Or me coming out as gay, which I'm not. Dang, but... if I had that sound effect right now, <laughs> the dun, 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 that'd be so perfect. Next week, I'm going to have that because that would have been badass. Although we were making jokes about you and Jennifer Knapp. Uh, that's for a different podcast. Um, so yeah, that comment really, it it takes someone, I think they have to give us a chance first of all, and they have to be willing to be offended at a culture that's not their own. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly blown away by our audience in that my guess is that there's very few people. In fact, 
there's a few people, they, they know who they are. When they come across us and they're like, oh my gosh, this person is exactly like me. They like, we kind of talk the same or we come from the same background and we're both interested in hiking, but that's very rare. Usually someone's interested in just one of those things. Yeah. They come from the same background, but they're not quite sure about where we're at now. And they may stick around just because they're intrigued and not too offended to leave. <laughs> but they're willing to give us a chance yeah. and, and be open to some new ideas and not just surround themselves with people that are believing the same thing they are or doing the same things they do. And I think that's really respectable. Like most of our growth has come oh, yeah. from surrounding ourselves with people that mm-hmm. don't believe the exact same thing we do. Yeah. Right. Um, so that was really cool. I felt really like, oh, like she gets us. So were you putting that in our bio? No. Oh. We need to have like is a rock star, hikes really far, and oh. makes a lot of money. Oh, we need to market it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But it, that, that is kind of sad because... Yeah. So, yeah, but she's totally right, though. I mean, we, I, I feel like we push ourselves and our kids harder than, I mean, I'm not going to lie, than anyone I know. I mean, we're out there running 40 degrees today. But yet, tomorrow, we're taking all of our kids to see a movie in a theater... And dropping 90 bucks. Well, and we're not pushing them out the door to go to school at 7 a.m. like most of America. Yeah, I mean... There's we, that. I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it is weird. Um, and I just feel like a lot of people could experience this type of freedom. And I, I really think it is freedom when you stop aligning your identity with a culture. Hmm. And... Like, if you really want to get down to it, I think that's what Jesus saved people from. Is he saved people from any culture and saved them into... To be a slave of the culture. Himself, love. And that's where a lot of the people I was surrounded with that said they believe in Jesus, you know, they said Jesus loves you. But then if you become gay like Jennifer Knapp or like Eugene Peterson, you, you drop a line about gay marriage... They fucking bail on your ass so fast, you don't even know what happened. Wow, mm-hmm. I like how that all tied in. This whole podcast, it felt like one giant mm-hmm. thing. Almost like we planned that. Jesus loves me, this I know. Except for when you turn gay. <laughs> then you're out of everything. <laughs> okay, I want to end off with just one last little thing. And you'll have to pardon my recording and my inability to fade out it's going to end abruptly but i want you guys to hear this dude that was rocking and rolling Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone, even though it's too late. Happy 2000, whatever it is. Um, And this podcast is available, like, everywhere. You can give us money if you want to down on the thing. Uh, You can leave comments or not on the thing and record voice messages on the thing and talk on the Facebook group. All the links are down below. But we're really glad you guys take the time to listen to us, and we hope it helps you, even though we don't all do the same things or believe the same things. That's it. Thanks, guys.
Thank you for listening to Fight for Together. We'll see you next time.